Mr. Larry, stream for us. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I am Paul Edwards, and uh, we we have some uh, some interesting new folks who are with us tonight and therefore a slightly different procedure than we sometimes operate with. So I'd like to welcome Miss Desi, who is going to be acting as our host tonight since Miss Marianne is away. Miss Desi, welcome. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And our co-host, Mr. Brian Charlson, is here, lest I forget him. Hello, Brian. Lest I forget him. Yes, I'm, I'm very yeah. forgetful. So, yes, so you are. But I, well, forgetful, I'm not commenting on. Forgettable is another issue. And luckily, we do have our streamer, Mr. Larry Gassman. Hey, Larry. Hey, Paul. Good to be here again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're glad you're here. Thank you. So we have, we have a somewhat diminished crew, uh, which, which means that we actually hope there are a gazillion folks who are listening in. But I'm kind of inclined to believe that there are not. <laughs> so we have <clears throat> a number of topics um, that we had put out in our list that we were going to discuss having to do with February. And um, so I, I guess the earliest one that comes up is Groundhog Day. Um, Brian, did you, did, did you have anything to do with Groundhog Day this year? Uh, have something to do with Groundhog Day every year. It is certainly a family tradition to pay attention to that. And here in Massachusetts, we have our own groundhog who pops up on her own, and uh, she sometimes agrees and sometimes disagrees. During the course of the last five years, she has been more accurate than has uh, Phil from Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's Punsatani Phil, is that right? And what is and is what that, is your gr- groundhog person's name? Um, if, Betty. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> See, I didn't know about this. Larry, did you know about Betty the groundhog from Massachusetts? I am learning something new every day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Betty so, the groundhog. It doesn't have a ring to it, but maybe later. (laughs) Well, I suppose it's better than Wilma. (laughs) Yes, or Penelope. Phil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What what did Phil do? Yeah, Phil predicted six more weeks of winter. Yeah. Beautiful Betty predicted early spring. Ah. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I'll take the good news. Yeah, so this was this was on the very day that Massachusetts had uh, not exactly spring weather. The, the true is that. True is yeah. that. We've, we've had some experiences here as of late. Within 12 hours, we went from 10 below zero, and that's not wind chill. 10 below yep. zero up to 
40 degrees in less than 12 hours. That sounds like we went a the other direction in about the same period of time. <laughs> that it sounds was, like a Chinook from Western Canada, right? It, it, yeah. It, so it's it, one it, of those lovely Arctic. Um, a polar vortex, they, call they called it. Yeah. A, po a polar vortex. The one yeah. advantage this season, however, was there wasn't much moisture in there. So while it was damn cold, it wasn't snowy. We, in fact, have had less than four inches of snow here so far this year. Well, that's nice. So, Larry, does California care about Groundhog Day? No. Not, re not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, I don't think it was the topic of conversation or anything like that. Yeah. It was on all the newscasts, but, you know, yeah. people yeah. in passing said, gee, I guess we're in for six more weeks of winter. But what does that mean out here? Not a thing. <laughs> not really. Exactly. There's no snow. There's a little rain, a little wind. So yeah, it's nice to know because exactly. you know, but but it's nothing that's going to stop the world uh, or stop California from yeah. doing whatever it does. So, Miss Desi, are you in, yeah, indifferent to Groundhog Day as well? Well, I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent to Groundhog Day, and I don't even remember hearing about it on the news this year or anything. So, um, yeah. Maybe a lot of people are indifferent to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this could be. So, Groundhog Day. Interesting. Uh, we well, will, I've got we will one more thing to add to this Groundhog Day discussion here, though. Yes, sir, Mr. Is, Brian. If there's one positive about Groundhog Day, it brought into question all things dealing with global warming and changes in our weather pat weather. Yeah, weather patterns. So Sounds like a Daffy Duck sound. As a positive thing. Yeah, well, how is it positive? Because I, I mean one says one says cold as heck, and the other one says, oh, warming climate. So actually what they does both say one thing though, and that uh, is the the nature of nature changing, setting new record highs, new records lows. Ah. New records relative to tidal surges, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so did, I, I did, think that it plays a part. Did anybody see the movie on the 2nd of February? No. Uh, I've seen I the not. movie, but yeah. not on that date. Yeah. I, I thought it should, should be an annual tradition, Brian. I referred to it this morning. <laughs> When my sister kept hitting the rewind replay on her favorite show. Yes. So I got to hear the same actress say the same line eight times in a row. And that did feel a bit like Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. The movie. Yeah. The movie. So for, for, for those of you who are unaware, Groundhog Day, the movie is 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 essentially a movie about uh, a situation where a loop of events is continuously repeated which is which is why what Brian says makes sense all right <laughs> so the only reason why Brian what Brian says makes sense yeah well it, it's one of the many reasons why what Brian always says makes sense yes so that that takes us um fairly quickly <laughs> February 4th, 
um, as no February fifth, because I don't know anything that happened on February third or fourth. So February fifth, there were there were a couple of things of note to me. Um, there was the Pro Bowl. Did anybody have anything to do with the Pro Bowl this year? I never watch it. I I just I don't. Not. I have no interest in watching it. It's it's highly. Well, I was going to say it's highly offensive. That's not what I meant. Uh, but but there are a lot of points scored. That's what I meant by highly offensive. And and it's just uh-huh. it's just okay. <laughs> it's about as good as I can get, it's Brian. Both, actually. <laughs> yeah, you might be it's right. Both. <laughs> but it just doesn't have anything to do. I, you know, it's just it's a lot of great players, obviously, from a lot yeah. of great teams. But I just have no interest in watching it. I can tell you didn't watch it, Mister Brian. I did not. No. Uh, no. Yes. Not only did I not watch it, but I think. This is, has been the year where a lot of these, uh, uh, well, more like mid-season games uh, in all sports have tried to make themselves more relevant in some fashion mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. doing things differently. I think about, you know, right now hockey is of greater interest to we New Englanders than uh, Well, than, uh, it, I'm, it, sh- it should be given where the Bruins are, my heavens. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and the hockey um the and basketball and guys are doing all right too. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. NHL. So yeah. Both of them are both of them are leaders in their mm-hmm. entire league. But the the fact of the matter is that see how threw in the fact of the matter, that's one of those polisms. I'm so it is. Yeah. The, Thank the, you. The fact of the matter Imitation is, is such sweet told, sorrow totally changed hockey's mid-season fun and games all-star-ish that it's not really recognizable as what it once was. Ah, that's that's and fine. thereby hangs the a winning tail. team because they did a whole playoff business. The mm. winning team was the uh, Eastern Division or I think they call it the Atlantic Division if memory serves me correctly. Yeah. And uh, the winning team, the All-Stars, get to split a $1 million uh, purse. And so That's nice. three Bruins were on that team, and uh, they didn't mind. No, I bet they didn't. I bet they didn't. I hope there was they some money in it. Either, so. It's a very expensive purse. Um, probably, probably Louis was on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, Desi, can Desi, I can I leave early? Like <laughs> can I leave early? <laughs> I I figured it would be something like this. I did really. Yeah, good. So here here is what we're going to do, or or what I'm going to encourage people to do. And I don't even know if we have any anybody who can be encouraged <laughs> to do it. Yes, we have a few. We do. But if 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 mm-hmm. there is someone who watched the Pro Bowl on Sunday, um, I would love it if they would comment, because otherwise I will have to, and it won't be pretty. So we'll, we'll wait for about 30 seconds. But the, the Pro Bowl this year was intriguing for three or four reasons, and, and, and I will get around to talking about them if, if no one you else... You watched it? 
uh, I I did uh, sort of, I, and you'll see what I'm saying in a second. I actually listened to it on the radio. I did not turn the TV on. But thereby hangs a tale. So we shall have to see. Miss Desi, do we have any hands? I am, of your backside. Yeah. I am yeah. sorry to tell you that we have no hands raised. <laughs> I was afraid that was going to be the case, Miss Desi. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let me talk to you guys for a minute uh, about the Pro Bowl because it was... I, the only way I can describe it, and I'm I'm sorry we don't have any sports fans who might be able to disagree with me, but the only way that I can describe it is disgusting. I mean, literally disgusting. So, in the past, the Pro Bowl game is a game where, uh, as as Larry says, there are loads of points scored, and it's fine. And there are rules in place that that are supposed to minimize. Uh, the amount that people are likely to get oh, right. seriously tackled. Okay, but this, this year, this year, this year, they changed the whole format, and they had not one game. Wait for it, but three, three games. Mm-hmm. The three games were flag football. And they were played by teams of seven aside. And if you listened to the radio broadcast, if you made the mistake of listening to the radio broadcast, what you actually got was a discussion of the Super Bowl interspersed with, oh, well, the the AFC just scored a touchdown, but... What do you think about the quarterback for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? Even the broadcasters were... What a waste of time. Yes. I'm guessing that they did the same thing on TV because they didn't need to to keep your interest. They could show you whatever they wanted to show you and talk about whatever they want to talk about. Well, they they certainly didn't keep my interest on the radio. After about fifteen or twenty minutes, I said, "The heck with this mess." And uh, was it flag? It wasn't flagged the whole time, on. though, was it? Was it flagged just for it, a quarter, and then they switched? It, no, no, all the time. Oh, the whole and, time. And remember, three different games. So, and I don't even know who won, and I don't care. Um, but there were, but there were three games, and 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 seven. Aside, um, on uh, for each of the games, and the the there was no substitutions in the game. So when the first two sevens were done, they were finished. They could go change. Oh my! I, okay, I mean, just <laughs> weird, ridiculous. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, I think they want to try and As keep said, people there, but like in the NBA, they're not going. The team teams aren't going to know who's on their teams until the night of the game when the captains pick the players. And right. that's and I, I, I don't know how they chose who was on which team. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, I I did. I I don't even care. I'm, but 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 they had a whole stadium full of people who had. Paid for tickets to watch this disgusting display of foolishness. Um, I think I'm done now. 
Yes, I think you I'm are. I'm going to say one thing on the tail of what you said, since we're hanging things from tails, apparently. Yes, yes. Uh, and that is, I had mentioned the hockey business. They, too, did it in the form of a single elimination. Yep, uh, yep. And, and they've been doing that for the past two or three years, I think. And during the score, the last score, in the last seconds of the last mm-hmm. game, the losing, one of the losing team's defenders, just for giggles, threw his stick <laughs> to try to block the shot. <laughs> uh, didn't throw it at the player, just kind of. Just for fun, used it like a javelin to throw it. Yes. <laughs> interrupt the, the goal. I mean, it's, yes. I remember back when I was a kid, the Portland Beavers, a, a I single A, double A baseball team. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a guy on the team named uh, Frank the Flake Peters. <laughs> <laughs> Why anybody would take on the nickname The Flake, I don't know. But in one game, he played all nine positions, one yeah. position per inning. So Portland. It's, it's, it's theater. It's, it has nothing to do with yeah. the sport itself. Nothing exactly. Is- Portland Beavers were in the same league as the Vancouver Mounties. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I did go to their games, though. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I, I've been to the Jacksonville as a triple A team. Um, and, and they're, they're very good, and and um, <clears throat> probably shouldn't say this if I if I want to remain on the air given the FCC, but I think they I think they actually have higher attendance than the Marlins do. Uh, these things do happen in certain yeah, markets. They Absolutely. do. So anyway, that's 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 the first of the two Sunday events. Um, maybe maybe people were more interested in the second. We can start out by saying that the red carpet portion and the show itself was audio described. So maybe that will encourage some of our folks to have listened to the Grammy Awards this year. Mr. Brian, yes, no? I have watched part of all of the award shows with audio description. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a promoter of audio description. Yes. Now, when you're talking about any award show, not just the Grammys, mm-hmm. but any award show. Yes. Um, there's all the hype in the pre-show. And you get to hear from people who talk all about what the people are wearing on their yeah. way in. Yeah. And then you get to hear about what they're wearing uh, on their way out audio description as they come up to the microphone. Yeah. You get to hear about the uh, crowd shots where you see who is sitting with whom. Mm -hmm. Anyway, with the whom, whom things, all of that's going on. And there is, because it's live description when it happens, uh, interesting things occur. Um, one is that if it's a male describer, he knows diddly squat about fashion. Yes. So his description uh, becomes nonsensical. (laughs) 
When the lady does it, she does a fine job. If you know terms about ladies' garments, I'm learning. It's taken yeah. me a while, but I'm learning. Uh, and then, <laughs> but when the guys get out there, what we get to hear, man in black tuxedo, man in yeah. black t- tuxedo, man with green man. jacket and a black tuxedo. <laughs> uh, yep. yep. Once, you've, yep. once you've heard the description of a tuxedo, you're done for the night. Yeah, I think this Gentlemen, is true. Uh, I would like to let you know that we do have a hand raised. And yeah. Ooh, and it belongs to Diane. So go ahead, Diane. Ms. Scalzi, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I watched the Grammys, and this is the first time in several years that I've watched it. And there were actually several parts of it that um, I enjoyed, which I couldn't say for years past. Um, I had a very hard time understanding the men's descriptions. I thought that um, the women were a lot easier to understand. And and as was just pointed out, um, they did have a lot more interesting descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I was that's glad. That's worthwhile. Did, did the audio description add to the to the presentation Diane um I don't know that I paid a lot of attention to it but I'm I'm so used to not having it that I never paid attention to it anyway and so I'm not sure I paid a, a lot of attention to it now I was um paying more attention to the music yep 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 and 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 I especially like the Motown um presentation mm-hmm. and were you were you satisfied with the way most of the awards came down, or did you think there were some that were ludicrous? I didn't really have an opinion because I've not heard. Well, the one I heard of and that I like is um, Adele. So yes. I was kind of disappointed that she didn't um, get the album of the year, which I think she was up for. Um, it's it sort of, it, and everybody seemed to be surprised that Beyonce didn't get it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it, it did was, get her. I've won more awards than anybody else. She did get that. She did get that. Yeah, she did, but yeah. but who would have who would have thunk who did actually win the album of the year? Was it I think Harry Styles? I That's Harry correct. Styles won it. But, the, and but, I'd never, but is, I'd heard of him, but I, I never right. really followed him or was familiar well, with his music. Well he's um, not he's I guess there aren't a lot of us who would have considered him a, a heavyweight contender. My husband was listening to an album by someone named Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle. And I actually yeah. thought some of that sounded pretty good. Yeah. I thought maybe that if yeah. she won anything that she was um, deserving. Yeah. She was up for the album of the year. She actually she actually won an Americana album of the year, which is good. I like Brandy Carlisle. Um mm-hmm. I think I think she's got lots of talent. There is a there is a really interesting book by her on Bard, um, which um is narrated and is interspersed with uh, acoustic versions of her songs. Oh wow. 
What's the so, name of it? Do you know? Nope. Nope. But, but it's Brandy Carlisle, so I can look yes, for her. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I, I read the book. I just can't remember the title. Do you remember, Brian? Not in the slightest. I have oh, a follow-on see. question, though. Ah, go. Here goes the follow-on question. You said you liked it more than in recent years. I have to admit, I have a strong bias uh, about... I like all kinds of music, but there are some kinds of music that I take great joy in disliking. <laughs> and uh, loud, repetitive, those two features in anything uh, just leave me in pain. Mm-hmm. I felt there was quite a bit of that in the show. Loud, what? repetitive. <laughs> and and I would add add to that the um, there was a segment that I I was in a different phone call, so I came in a little late, and it was all Latino music. Yes, and I I don't know much more Spanish than enchilada, but I enjoy listening to Latino music. Uh, Linda Ronstadt's album all in Spanish, is truly spectacular. Joan Baez's but, is pretty good, too. Who? Yeah. But there was I, someone I, that was that. up. There was someone that was up for Best New Artist, I think, and she seemed to be kind yep. of a jazz singer. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised by that, but I because I always thought that they... Um, tended towards voting for the more popular music. And I don't know if she, I don't think she, yeah, did she win it? I don't remember even who or what her name was, but I was kind of surprised by the sample, you know, that they were playing by her. And I, I, I wondered about her as an artist. Yeah. Another of my pet peeves about the Grammys is that they make, an assumption about what categories are important. And they not mm-hmm. only actually do some of the awards away from the show itself, uh, which is pretty bad. Yeah. But, but the other thing is um, they, they often don't even mention uh, who won the awards in, in many of the categories that, that they have. So the only way you can find out is if you have access to uh, a print list um, of, of all of the awards. Um, and I didn't find it very accessible, it, but it could be my incompetence. So I actually didn't find out in the category that I was interested in, which is kind of modern folk albums, who actually won. Um, and, I actually, um, yeah. I actually um, I, thought I actually liked it better when all they did was hand out awards. Yeah, is that crazy? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> more music and a lot more show now, Mr. Brian. You were going to say? Yeah, I, I, I saw a piece the other day about how long the show would have to be for all of the awards to be even just announced. 
and it would be a weekend event. I mean, they give out a lot of awards. Yeah, I, I, you know, interesting I, I, things. Best I get that album. I get that. I I, I do, um, but. I guess I would be happy if what they did was to consistently choose one unheralded category every year and feature it. Um, Because essentially all that we're doing with the way that we're doing the Grammys now is we're reinforcing people's taste in music and not for the most part, giving people an opportunity to broaden um, their 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 interest in other kinds of music because we're just not we're we're just not featuring those things, you know the 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 person who won the folk album of the year um, is a really interesting young singer who's twenty two or twenty three years old. Her name is Madison Cunningham, <clears throat> and she is she's really a a a a pretty cool lady, um, and and deserved the opportunity to be heard. And and I, I I get that you're not going to feature her on the show, but at least feature her name. And the same with Americana. I just think it's a shame. Anyway, can you all can you all? Um, I've really enjoyed getting a chance to talk, but can you all mute me because I'm going to be eating my supper? We absolutely oh. will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. That might be another topic for Tuesday topic next week. What does it sound like when some of our people eat supper? Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> think that'd be fun. Gosh, wouldn't that be exciting? So, um, Larry or Desi, um, did, yes. did you guys watch the... I was uh, gone Grammy? during that. I was interested in watching it because it was audio described. Uh, and I saw it yep. that earlier in the week that it was going to be. I knew it would be, but then I saw the announcement. So I thought, oh, good. I can... Mm-hmm. Uh, oops. No, I can't. Uh, I, I did not, Desi? but... Um, but I was very excited to note that Bonnie Raitt got Song of the Year. Uh, she did. She and did. That was very awesome. Um, yes. And Jean Mann has her hand raised. So, Jean, if you can unmute yourself, you can talk Jean, right now. Jean Mann from New York. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jean. Good. You have a stronger dialect than she does. Jean? Okay, I I, I, there you are. I'm muted and I wasn't. So so I just I wanted to say hello and and I'm actually waiting for your Valentine segment, but I I'm not a fan of award shows of any kind. Uh Uh-huh. Because most of the time I haven't seen the movies. I am not up on today's music at all. You know, I I do remember watching them, you know, when I knew the songs, Mm -hmm. but I am not up on the music at all. And I just I don't know. They're just too showy when I, the ones I have turned on, they're, they're just, I don't know. They're just too showy to me. In, in the, Joe, in the category, in the category that I cared about, what I actually did was, was um, figured out who was nominated and then listened to the five albums and decided which of the five albums that were, that were up in, in, in the folk category. Well, I would have given the award to, and it would not have been Miss Cunningham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really not up on today's music at all, and I just I mean the whole the show took almost four hours as it was, so yes. um yeah yeah 
I just, uh, it's a night for people to get all dressed up and show off themselves. And, you know, I occasionally, because I have NBC on, I hear entertainment tonight because it comes on here right after and they talk about what they wore and who was the best dress mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, how this one you could, you know, she hardly had anything on. You could see all her skin and, you know, Ooh. all kinds of, all kinds of crazy stuff. So miss that. I, mm. Well, I don't, I don't know if it happened with this show, but, <laughs> but, um, some of them, um, you know, it, they, it, they just don't appeal to me at all. So. What was the name of the group that Harry Styles used to be part of? I can't remember. One Direction. Yes, thank you. I only know that because it was on a trivia question the other night. Yeah. And, and, and the other team won because we had a tie score and somebody knew the answer. So You can, <laughs> can count on Gene Mann to know the answer to important question. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. All right, Miss Jean, thank you so much. We'll hear right. from you later when we I'll get around. around to uh, talking about uh, Valentine's. So let's see. So uh, let's see if there are any other thoughts about the Grammy Awards. Um, no no more hands, Miss No more hands. Nope. Sorry about that. Me too. Me too. Does it do do any of the do any of the the local and exciting participants in the studio have anything to add? Nope, I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't watch it. I mean, I've heard about yeah. it from a lot of other people, but the, that was, those were their opinions, and so I'm not really able to comment on it because I didn't watch it. Paul, I would be interested to know um, what what folk albums you listened to and who you would have picked. So I, I can remember four of the five. I'm not sure I can remember the fifth one. I can tell you that that the fifth one was uh, an album by um, by a, a lady who is from Boston. Um, but anyway, the other four um, one of one of the album is the one that won, and that was that was by um, Madison Cunningham. And it's it's really a nice album. I think it's her second album. Um, she grew up as a, a pastor's daughter and released a, a first a kind of a religious album when she was 14 or 15 um, and then has moved away from there and writes most of her own music, um, is quite a good guitarist. And, and I, as, as I say, I think she was 22 or 23. Second album is an, was an album by Janice Ian. Um, it it is what she says is the last album she'll record, um, and and it is a it is a very tasteful, nice album um, that has that has some really nice pieces of music on it, um, but there there's nothing. What's the right word? It 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 is it's it's very nice, but but it it doesn't sort of jump up and grab you um third is a is is a new album by judy collins um which has some very interesting music on it um i find that a a lot of judy collins's albums are overproduced so that they're very orchestral um and and for me that that loses some marks um the fourth album is an album by a group called the Punch Brothers, 
And and it's a very odd album. There is a guy who is a, a very famous guitarist and also a pretty good singer uh, whose name was Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice is famous primarily in the bluegrass field. And in 1983, um, he recorded an album called Church Street Blues. And the Punch Brothers this year um, ended up reimagining that album. Um, and it was good enough to get them a Grammy nomination. Uh, I don't think that it was nearly as um, as appropriate or as effective as the original Jerry Rice album was. So, so I didn't give it a lot of marks. Uh, and the fifth one is um, is a very good album. And in fact, that there was um, I, I'll I'll think about it and probably come back to, and tell you who the who the fifth person was. It's She's somebody I like a lot. She's she's um, recorded with all kinds of people, um, and and is part of a group called I'm with them, and is um, uh, associated with a lot of the kids who uh, went to the Berkeley School of Music up in Boston. Um, but at the moment, her name is eluding me. So that's what I know. Sarah Jarose. No, Sarah's from Texas. Or Eva O'Donovan. Eva O'Donovan is okay. correct. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking, I was listening to the people and I'm with her. <laughs> yeah. And nice, the other person nice. is Sarah Watkins, who is up yes. Nickel Creek. She is. <laughs> Excuse me. She is. <clears throat> and see, I mean, I, I want I, to know I, the, the Genesee album name. Um, I, I will try to get that to you before the end of the, the evening, Mr. Bryan. Um, I, I, it, I really like her stuff, but boy, when I tell my uh, smart speakers to play music by Janice Ian, it's all over the map. Oh, it is all over, all the, over map. the map. Really good stuff and stuff you wondered, why did they take the time to, <laughs> to put that on an album? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just a matter of taste, it's a matter of in general, what can I say? Yeah, um, no, I think... I think you make a point. There is a folk singer that you introduced ACB to by bringing her to our national convention. I did. Amy Carroll Webb. Yes. And I can't get either Amazon, hold on, cancel <laughs> service, or Apple's service, both of which I have unlimited. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, uh, I can't get either of them to play any of her music. They don't see her in the catalog. Um, that's a, that's surprising to me because I've been able to get her to play um, fairly frequently. Um, so I'm surprised that On um, which service. Um, either You're one. An XM person, aren't you? I am an XM person. Maybe it's the um, next thing that you get her. No, 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 no. I, I, Apple Music and Amazon Music. Um, so Judy Collins' album was called Spellbound. Um, Janice Ian's album is called Light at the End of the Line. Um, okay. Uh, the Punch Brothers is called Hell on Church Street. 
Um, why? Uh, 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 I've got a listing of them. Interest, interestingly enough, one of the people on um, on the Punch Brothers is Chris Thiele, who, of course, is also part of Nickel Creek. So, um, come on, go past this, please. Um, and the Eva O'Donovan album is called The Age of Apathy. Um, and the album that won is called Revealer by Madison Cunningham. Supposed to be impressed, Mr. Brian. Well, I'm always impressed with what's between their ears, but I'm even more <laughs> impressed with what's under your fingertips. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, last chance at um, at the Grammys. Any any thoughts, concerns, issues? Um, all five of the folk albums are worth listening to. I I would have uh, given Eva O'Donovan the the Grammy. Um, I, I I thought the Age of Apathy was a really wonderful album. Um, it among other things, it has. Um, a song on it that was nominated as song of the year, which is a really cool song. Um, and number two would have been Madison, I think. So they didn't get, they didn't go too far away. Um, anyway. All right. So um, Super Bowl, I, I think is the next item that comes up. Um, do we have, um, do we have any any thoughts either about the process or about the participants or about other things that may be happening surrounding the Super Bowl? Jean Mann has her hand raised. I see oh, that. Poor Jean. Go ahead, Jean. She don't lament about. Oh, I'm Buffalo. unmuted. Okay, I didn't know you unmuted yeah. me. Don't yeah. lament about Buffalo. No, <laughs> well, teasing. All right, I won't. Go ahead. But I I am rooting for Philadelphia because I will never, ever, 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 ever root for the Chiefs. I just can't. <laughs> and and why is that, Gene? Because of a game that was played last year. Ah. Uh, yes, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yes, that game. Ah. Yes. Yes. Now I T I know. Yes, I I I just I can never root for the Chiefs. I just can't do it. So oh. I, I have to go with Philadelphia. There you go. Yes. And actually, you know, it, as much as I wish, and I really do wish Buffalo was in it, it's kind of fun when you don't, you, you well, I, like I said, I want Philadelphia, but it's kind of fun when you don't have your team in it because then you can actually sit back and enjoy the game and, and eat your snacks and whatever you want to do and your blood pressure doesn't go up and you don't heart, start having heart palpitations because you know, the score's tied and the other team is going down the field and they're so close to getting the touchdown and you're afraid that your your quarterback is going to throw an interception. And it's just really, as much as I want him to be there, it's it, it, I'll be able to enjoy the game and I won't have to have to mm -hmm. worry about any of those things. So, yes. For the last several years at the Super Bowl, um, my brother and I have ended up going to an establishment to watch the game, um, which means that I throw headphones on. Um, and uh, but 
but we're with a bunch of other people who are also watching the game and have the opportunity of, of interacting with a couple of other folks at our table. And we're doing that again this year. We're going to uh, a place called Lillian's here in Jacksonville, where, um, where we have reserved a table. And uh, we were able to reserve a table that had a good view of the TV and, and a good f- spot for me to sit with my back to the TV. So, um, yeah. But so that should be fun. The only yeah. thing I don't like about those places is a lot of times they turn the sound down. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll, there'll be no sound and- there. At, we were in a we were in a bar, um, well, a place called Juniors. Um, it was when the the game when Buffalo played Minnesota, right? And I was with friends who know nothing about football, and <laughs> there was people, all these guys yelling, and I'm like, either we're doing really well or we're doing really bad because I had no idea if they were Bills or Vikings fans, and so I kept asking the waitress, and she didn't know anything about it either. <laughs> so um, yeah. And so they were yelling and screaming, and I couldn't tell. And of course, as it turned out, we lost that game at the last minute. But I, yes, you did. Yes, we did. One of the three that we lost, not counting the playoffs. But I mm-hmm. actually like to be in a place where I can. I love the the TV um, broadcasts because I love the crowd noise, and mm-hmm. you don't get the crowd noise the same when you're listening to it on the radio. So I just I feel more part of the of the game when I'm watching it while well, I'm not watching. But you know what I mean when I'm watching it on TV. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. when you're using the TV. But, yep. but but my difficulty with the television is they because so much is written along the bottom of the television screen. And because there is no audio description for football games. Um, Brian, correct me if you think I'm wrong. Um, there there. There is felt to be no need and therefore no obligation on the part of any of the announcers to bother to, to do something as mundane as to tell you what the score is. Well, I, I use um, I use my, my lady friend here for that. If I if I walk in on the middle of the game and ah. I don't know what the score is um, and, and I don't I don't know what else they show on the bottom of the screen, but I get enough enough information from the announcers on TV to satisfy me. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes when Buffalo's playing, it's like, I, I'm afraid to watch. <laughs> I have this, <laughs> this superstition that I, I might like blow the game if I'm watching it. So sometimes, yeah. sometimes what I do is I wait and then I ask her what the score is. And if it's looking uh-huh. good, then I turn it on. And then <laughs> I, I have this thing. There's, I don't know if you know the NFL channel on TV. Yes. Well, a lot of times they'll re rebroadcast games. So if it's mm-hmm. one that Buffalo won, then I'll, if I can find it during the week, you know, I'll check the channel because I kind of get an idea what time they're going to show the games. And if it's, a, if, if it's a Bills game, then I sit there and watch it again if, I, if they mm-hmm. won. <laughs> nice. Gene the yes. Jinx. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like I am. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Brian, any thoughts on the Super Bowl? We, we, we here in New England, um, you understand the, the, the latest and greatest dynasty in football. We got so used to being in the Super Bowl that not being in the Super Bowl makes Super Bowl Sunday just another day for the most part. For the most part. Now, we're all excited because, you know, what's that? There's that little movie that's come out, 80s for Brady or something like that, where it has all these older actresses like Jane Fonda and. Lily Tomlin and I can't remember 
three or four other ladies in their 80s who are big Brady fans in the movie and go to see Brady play. And ah. it's supposed to be really quite cute. So that's probably what I'm going to watch on Super Bowl Sunday is that very flick. The, very. the fact of the matter is, though, one of the more interesting ones I watched, kind of, was when an Ira person mm-hmm. uh, open mic his interaction with an Ira describer. So that he was walking around the stadium at the game and we got to hear a lot more description of what's not on the field. That's part of yep. it. Let's, let's face it, you know, it's, it's, it's entertainment, right? Uh, so we got to hear descriptions of what was on the, the big screen and when there was some activity going on in the stands or how long the lines were at the concessions or, you know, who famous I, was there with whom yep. and that kind of stuff. So it yep. added a new layer to watching a football game. I'm, Gentlemen, I'm not sure how. Yes, I, go ahead. I was just going to say that I have given Diane permission to speak again. So Miss Diane. Okay. Well, um, can you hear me? Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness. Gene, I didn't realize that we reacted the exact same way towards the Buffalo Bills, because I do the same thing you do. I stay away from the game until I find out that it's maybe safe to start watching. (laughs) And, yeah. Another Buffalo Bills fan, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who would have thunk it? We Mm. we grew (laughs) up. There's lots of us. Oh, yeah. We we grew up together and went to school together, me and Jean. Nice. So, um, so, so anyway, I, I, I though think I would still root for the Chiefs because I always like the AFC, any AFC team to mm-hmm. win, although that was pretty hard last year. Um, yeah. But luckily it wasn't the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so. I loved it, it last made year. It a little, a little easier. Um, on, I haven't put it in the community calendar yet, but I'm going to be holding a virtual Super Bowl party on Sunday. The uh, nice. what is that? The twelfth. Um, I think I asked for it to be from three to five, and um, so it'll be in the community schedule. You know, if anyone wants to come, and you know, we just talk about whatever anybody wants to talk about and I'll have some questions, you know, in case we, cool. in case we need them. So cool. I hope should that, be fun. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it will be. I did it last year. This is the second annual. So this, Thursday this will be, this will be on the Super community channel, community no, channel, not, which is no, I'm not, I'm not, ha- I didn't ask to have it um, broadcast, but ah. you know, it'll be the, um, I, I did ask to have it in Clubhouse, so we'll see what happens with that. And, um, you know, the Zoom link, and if there is a Clubhouse link, you know, it'll all be on the schedule for that day. But, yeah, nice. I hope you all cool. be there or be square. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Miss Diane. <laughs> Thank you. Ta-da. Um, so, Larry, are you going to uh, watch the Super Bowl? Or? I am. 
I am. I, yeah. I would love to see the Rams in it because I decided I would be a Rams fan about a year after they returned for Rams number two. Uh, but of course, that wasn't to be. They got so beat up this last year with injuries and lots of other stuff. So I've been watching and uh, Philadelphia is the team I think that's going to win. And I wish Scott Mahomes weren't, wasn't so banged up for Kansas City because I really would like to see both teams at their fullest. Uh, I'm not sure that that's going to happen because Kansas City's been beat up. And, but I think Philadelphia is awfully good, and I think they're going to win. And it's still probably going to be a close game. Very good. Mr. Bryan, do you have any thoughts? Well, you know, Super Bowl is another thing for me because one of the things I did with, in air quotes, the guys, was mm -hmm. getting together to watch Sunday football. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the Super Bowl was many, many times with Patriots in it. And as a result, we got together. Now, of the eight of us that have been doing that for years and years, we finally got down to the point that only three of us uh, are currently on this side of the grass. Mm -hmm. So, it, it's and, and you guys like went when you guys would also um, would also pick winners all through the season, yes? Oh, yeah. I was on a number of pools like that. I yeah. came in first one year. I came in second the next year and never hit not even a particular week the <laughs> next five seasons. So <laughs> exactly. I was a bit of a flash in the pan. Miss Desi, are you a football person? I really am not a football person. I'm I'm so sorry, but I'm not a football person. So no, I will not be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. And uh, I don't know what I'll be doing, but it'll be something fun, I'm sure. Yeah, not football. Ah, oh, well. Ah, oh, well. So I think that's um, I think that's taken us to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't have anything to add. Let's. Um, I guess I'll give folks about 30 seconds to see if anybody else wants to chime in on the subject of the Super Bowl. Um, I think the Chiefs will win. Um, and, uh, I, I, and, and, and I think that that's largely because of the fact that, um, that I think that even when Patrick Mahomes is at 80% or so, he is um, on a good day, a better quarterback uh, than anybody else in the league. Having said that, I would certainly acknowledge that um, that he um, has not had a stellar year this year. But just before we leave the Super Bowl, and I know someone has their hand up, let me let me ask Brian. Um, Brian, does Brady mean it this time? Without a question. Yeah, I Without think so, too. Without a question. Um, I, I, I do want to tell one real quick Super Bowl. Sure. And my buddies and I, when we got together, we had three groups within that. We had the low mm -hmm. vision group, who were up front and as close to the yeah. screen as they could get. We had two screens. Um, and then we had uh, the uh, fully sighted people somewhere in between. And mm -hmm. then we had the totally blind people in the back with their radios tuned in. <laughs> yep. And, of course, there was delay on the TV broadcast, seconds, but delay, and not on the radio broadcast. So we would know 
how the play turned out before it was fully played out on screen. And as a result, we had a rule that said the uh, those on the radio had to keep their silence until the play had been completed on screen. But the sighted guys would look over to watch the blind guys to see how this play was going to happen because we all got stony-faced in the but back it's, row. It's great fun when that is happening if you're in a bar. Very because, true. Uh, very true. Yeah. yeah, because some somebody says something and you say, you know, that's not really true. This is what actually happened. Hold on. Uh, you know that. I, I remember growing up with John and and I'd be doing something. I wasn't even watching the Lakers, but John was. And this is mm-hmm. during the time period when Chick Hearn was doing play-by-play, oh. and it was a simulcast, both on radio and TV. But for some reason, in some cases, the TV might have been 10 to 15 seconds ahead of the radio, because the radio was probably on a mm-hmm. seven-second delay. So John, right. of course, is watching TV, and he runs in and says, Hey, but the Lakers are going to lead at halftime. 50 to 40. I said, you're full of crap. That's not going to happen. You want to bet? Sure. So he'd bet me whatever kids bet, a quarter. I couldn't Uh figure out how he knew 10 times out of 10 what was going to happen until finally my dad told me. And then then I said something I probably shouldn't have said. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize. The Super Bowl, my my buddy Mike was so mad that he got up and he threw his drink at the TV set. Oh, no. Not yes. his, which knocked his, um, what did you use? Uh, something direct Paul, when you were down in Miami. What was your provider? Direct TV. Yep. yep. Direct TV. <laughs> he knocked his direct TV receiver off and we got to watch the last four minutes of a Super Bowl huddled around the blind guy's Radio. radio. <laughs> yep, they all had to listen to our radio broadcast for the end of the game. So, so it 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 is crucial that I pause for just a second and digress, simply to say um, that the best basketball announcer in the history of the game is Chick Hearn. Without a doubt. And Johnny Most was good, and a lot of Boston people will say, no, Most was the best. But I think no. Chick Hearn was unbelievably good for years. He was. He got, a, got a chance I, to interview I, him I twice. I Bostonians would disagree because we loved Mo for the color. You know, things like, I mean, how many times did some guy set his pants on fire doing play-by-play? Well, I... I I, I would encourage you to try to hear some Chick Hearn, um, Brian. I, I I don't know of, of of a person who could bring a game more alive for a blind person than Chick Hearn. And he was aware oh, of that fact as well. Yeah, because a lot of blind people got the chance to meet him. We interviewed him twice, and he said, "Really, I, I, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah." We did, and he said, "I do my words eye view, especially." with the thought that blind people are listening and I want to make sure they hear and can understand everything that's going on in the game, which I thought was terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. But so we do have tr- two hands. Good. Number one. The first one is 510 ending in 405. You should be able to talk. 
because I don't have an Ask to Mute button, so you should be able to talk to us. Oh. Where is area code 510? I think it's in the Bay Area of California. I think it is, too. It is. It is. And that person seems to be gone now. So, Jean is up again. Let me... Ms. Matt. to talk again. There you are, Jean. Go ahead. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Jean? <laughs> okay, I'll give her the ask to unmute. There you go. I mean, I allowed her to talk, and I, she muted and unmuted, and now I don't know what happened to her. Well, there you are. I'm there she is. I, it takes me a minute to get to. Are you unmuting me and muting me? No, no, I did not oh, do that. I did ask. Least, I did ask you to unmute. Well, I, it takes me a minute to to tab over to my mute my mute, unmute button. So anyway, on the, uh, I, whatever. It takes me a minute to do my alt A and and get it to whatever. Um, I just wondered if if Paul and Brian, if you remember. It was a weekend when we had a board meeting and a president's meeting in Phoenix and the Bills and the Redskins were playing. And so we were all in the meeting and we took a break and like half of us never came back to the meeting. <laughs> do you remember that Leroy Saunders was president? I and, do remember that. And, and I remember him saying, I'll never schedule a meeting on Super Bowl Sunday again. I don't know what he was thinking when he did that, but Yeah. Half of us walked out of the meeting and went to watch the game someplace and just never came back. So I, and I the other thing that's happened at those board meetings is, uh, what was his name? Adrian Dublay? Yeah. Is that right? A, a yeah. Board member. He always had an earpiece in his ear listening to sports. It didn't matter what the sport was. He, he yeah. would listen to any and all sports during the board meeting and fall asleep yes. during <laughs> well, the board meeting. I remember and, one time I was sitting next to Bob Acosta and that that Super Bowl thing, we were into the president's meeting by then. But I remember sitting next to Bob Acosta at a board meeting and uh, Leroy yelled at Charlie Hodge and somebody else because they had earphones in their ears. And Bob whispered to me, I was just about to put an earphone in my ear. They, they were watching college <laughs> football. So, yes. Yeah. Bob used to always still does that. He'll does still, he? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now the other the, the other interesting thing is 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 the way that some of our affiliates operate. Few in particular that I can think of, and I suspect there there may be others. But in Alabama, you don't schedule yeah. the convention during the game. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I had an interesting experience. I went down to be their national speaker, and I'm sitting in the front row. Uh, on the morning of their conference, and everything seems to be fine. And then the gavel it closed, and it doesn't come open again till the next morning. Exactly. And half of the group went out the left door, half of the group <laughs> went out the right door because you had Mount, you had Auburn people that way, and <laughs> and Alabama <laughs> people the other way, and they they just agree to disagree in very violent ways. And they do. Don't interfere with that game. So what happens that night then? Because the game's over by then. They have to one, uh, one group goes out and celebrates, and, and the other drowns yeah. their sorrows or something. No, they had. They, they usually have the banquet on Saturday night, but um, 
But uh, they get together again. They just yeah. can't meet together during the game. After exactly. the game, they're fine. Oh, during okay. the game, not so much. Yeah. So in yeah. in South Carolina, I can't remember where I came into. It might have been Charleston, something like that. And I got picked up by um, a really, really nice person and his wife who were driving this large RV, and we were going to the South Carolina meeting. Um, and they tell me that um, they are such South Carolina fans that. They take their RV and go to every single South Carolina game, wherever it is. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, so I was impressed with that. That's, uh, I, had neighbors, I had neighbors uh, that somehow were affiliated with West Point. I don't know how. And um, I don't know how many games they made it to, but yeah. I remember they went to a lot of them. And they always had I, scotch at their house. I went over one night. To take something over to them, and I ended up sitting there all evening drinking scotch with them. They were fun. <laughs> long, go- long gone, but they were fun. <clears throat> scotch was good too. Yeah, it was. Yep. Miss Jean, thank you very much. All right. Any other hands, dear one? There are no other hands. Very good. Next topic. So the next topic is. Uh, I, I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about the two presidents we celebrate this month. Um, so, first of all, um, George Washington, whose uh, birthday comes first. Um, sh- should we be celebrating George Washington's birthday? In all honesty, I can't see why not. It's like a Founder's Day kind of scenario for me. Yeah, I think it's amazing that he was capable of doing what he did as a commander and chief. Yes. um, With as little as he had to work with. I'm not talking about the willingness, although this is where, you know, the sunshine patriot uh, came to play and things. But nonetheless, he did amazing things with what he had. But what I admire about him the most is he refused to uh, entertain in any way, shape, or form that uh, he would take on the office unless uh, there was a means by which to transfer power to the next man down the line. Yeah. No talk about, you know, George Washington, King of the New Republic kind of right. nonsense. And I really admire people who are capable of that. Yeah, I think there's a, an immense amount to admire about him. Um, should we be concerned with the fact that he was a slaveholder? No. I mean, that, that has so much to do with the time that they were in. It, it really does. And I'm also concerned about... The fact that if people today who are much younger than we are, but people who are in some form of power, if they don't know who the person is, they discount them generally mm-hmm. and say, eh, get rid of them. We don't need them in as a holiday. And I just don't think that's fair because, yes, I'm a history person, but all of these people had so much to offer this country. And if they're being given a holiday, um, 
for instance, the presidents, I think that's fine. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't all agree, always agree with them, but that doesn't matter. I think that... Yeah, um, for, I, yeah. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, well, this, this whole concept of... I think that um, I admire people for what they are. It's like your children, I think, to some degree. You can love them, but not love what they do or did, mm-hmm. a, a particular mm-hmm. action, right? And I feel the same way about public figures. I can really admire one aspect of them without having to embrace all of them in the process. I do not claim that Washington, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe he uh, played around behind Martha's back for all I know. But that's not what I admire him about. I admire him for his leadership in very difficult times. And like I said, his, his ability to uh, realize that he was going to have to walk the walk, which is we're not going to replace one king with another. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a huge George Washington fan as well. <clears throat> but, gosh, do I want to do this? Probably not. I, I was what I was going to say, and I'll say it, but we don't necessarily have to take the discussion anywhere. <clears throat> we have um, we have essentially pilloried and taken down um, and and taken down statues and and changed the name of high schools uh, because they say Robert E. Lee, um, and it it seems to me that there are. Uh, some comparisons um, between Lee and Washington. I think, I think he served the Confederacy pretty well. But we as a nation are not the Confederacy. Uh, uh, but the Confederacy was a nation when it existed. True. I don't disagree with that. But that is, this is a United States of America holiday. True. There are things admirable that have taken place in Canada, but we're not, they're not on the United States of America calendar of official holidays. Well, they should be. <laughs> I think some of them are lovely. One got me in a whole lot of trouble one time, but I'll leave that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, are there other things we celebrate, or, or, or let me put it a different way? What, what do we uh, see? I guess, I guess, what I'm a little concerned about, and and the reason why I wanted to talk a little bit about these holidays is, I'm not sure that the the people of the United States are really encouraged to think very much about either of the presidents that we celebrate um, during during the month of February. Um, no, they become it, commercialized as an opportunity to sell cars. Right. And, and they, are, <clears throat> they are at least to a degree, uh, since, since I got myself in trouble in the other direction, at least to a degree overshadowed by the fact that, and it's another thing we haven't talked about yet, is February is Black History Month. Um. So we, we, we certainly celebrate that all the way through February, as we should. Please don't misunderstand. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't. But I am suggesting 
that I can't remember in the last five years on national media having heard or seen um, any real discussion of uh, George Washington's birthday uh, and, and not a heck of a lot about Abraham Lincoln either. Uh, though there is a very good new book about Lincoln that's just come out. I agree that, well, one, when a holiday is a month, that gives you much more opportunity to do things than it does. when a holiday is a day. Yes. And President's Day is always on a Monday in yes. order to allow everybody to have a three-day weekend. And yes. When you, it, it, it once again led to the commercialization of it. And then and, it became and, more of a uh, a union thing. And I like unions. So don't, don't write me hate me. <laughs> but a union thing to make sure you got those holidays off and that they were consecutive so you could have a long mm -hmm. weekend. And it just scripted now the, of the President's Day holiday is for Lincoln's birthday, yes? I thought they combined them. Uh, they're both, they and actually, them. Lincoln's birthday was on February 12th. Right. And then John, uh, President uh, George Washington, Washington was, was the 22nd. Yes. So I actually got it wrong. That's very interesting. Thank you very much for the correction, Ms. Des. Sure. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> that's a good thing to, 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 to know when one messes up. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Oh no, it is my calendar. Oh, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked it when when the president's days were actually on the days of their birthdays. Right. Um, you know, and we we didn't combine them and make it into a big holiday weekend. Yeah, that I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I I think I may as well. Um I or, or sorry, I think I may as well. <laughs> because I, yeah, I it's important we were, where you put the comma. When we were in school. It is. When we were in school, we, sure. you know, at least in the earlier years, there's, you know, an emphasis on this is Lincoln's birthday. We're going to to talk about Lincoln today or whatever that kind of thing. Well, we I, I we talked matters. We talked a little bit about Washington. I I I, I guess I have. Um, I have a lot of admiration for uh, the the way that he fought the American Revolution as well. I I think had it not been for him, um, it, it's very likely independence wouldn't have happened. Um, I think it, once the American Revolution started, I think the person most responsible for the success of uh, of of the U.S. was George Washington. So, um, and, and, and I, I certainly value his farewell address, which is very much what you were talking about, Brian, in terms of setting out a, a, a series of principles that he believed ought to apply to government. And, and all, virtually all of those principles are appropriate. And I'm not sure that as a country we've lived up to them. So, so I get the Washington stuff, and I think that's fine. What what do we celebrate with regard to Lincoln? While it was not 
nearly as straightforward as why we should admire Washington. Yep. Nonetheless, uh, he was pivotal as a major component or major part of our history as a nation. Yep. Um, I think he was very sincere in his um, beliefs. Yeah. Uh, and it, I didn't see him take many uh, wishy-washy stands on things. He certainly had to time things in a particular way to deal with the political realities of the times. But nonetheless, uh, I think he was... Uh, again, I like the fact that he wasn't a military president, even though, of course, he was the commander-in-chief during, you know, the major conflict within our, within our nation. And had to make some awfully difficult military decisions as well. Um, yes. you know, like, like firing the general who was supposed to be just, just the bee's knees in terms of generals, uh, simply saying, you, you, you can't serve me anymore. Uh, that that of course is General Stanton. So, exactly. what um, what else should we admire about uh, Lincoln? Anybody wants to uh, wants to jump in with regard to that? I I think there are some interesting things that that I admire about him. Um, one of the one of the things that I admire was was brought out by a somewhat controversial historian, interestingly enough, and I'm not going to talk about why she's controversial, uh, but this is uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, um, who published a book called The Team of Rivals. Um, and I found the book particularly interesting because what she demonstrated is that what Lincoln chose to do in putting together his cabinet was to take a whole bunch of folks who literally had been fighting with each other uh, for the previous length of time into, into a cabinet and kind of held them together, made them work together and, and created the, the successful prosecution of the war um, in, in, in ways that most people thought would be impossible. Um, when the cabinet was first set up, I think there was general consensus that that it had been an absolute blunder to try to create a cabinet this way. Uh, so I, I admire that. Uh, I I also I guess really admire um, how much Lincoln learned in spite of not having uh, traditional access to education. Um, it, 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 it amazes me how erudite he actually became and how uh, current with stuff and, and, and how much he really came from a spot where, where he was as poor as poor could be uh, and, and got to be president of the United States. It's, it's pretty amazing. At least it is to me. There's that. And I, in addition to um, 
being a very thoughtful person, he was an incredibly good orator. Yes. You know, they named the style of debate, the Lincoln-Douglas debate style, mm-hmm. as a result of debates uh, that he was engaged in. But he also, I, I admire any politician who can give a short speech. <laughs> yes. And yes. Uh, the Gettysburg Address is an example of such a thing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Memorable, but not long. Yeah. Very short. Pretty amazing. Um, anybody else want to add anything about Lincoln and why we should celebrate him? You know, we haven't talked about the emancipation degree, but we really probably should. Um, I mean, clearly, that was a pretty brave thing that he did. Yes. And, and a pretty scary thing um, in in terms of the the general notions I mean we were we were what 12 or 13 years away from Dred Scott mm-hmm. um, a little bit more 15 years away from Dred Scott when when uh, when he essentially uh, did what he did I think we have a hand we do veteran doc veteran Let, doc veteran doc you may speak sir. good evening Good, Good evening. evening. Good evening. Yeah, some of the things uh, that I'd like to respond to that I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, let me jump clear back to the, uh, like the Robert E. Lee thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the United States of America has a has a history. And he was part of that history. Mm-hmm. So why would you remove him? Same way with some of the statues of Confederate uh, uh, generals and leaders. Mm-hmm. They were part of our history. Why would yep. we remove that? Yep. Thank you. You know, we have the slaves uh, that were brought here. And interestingly enough, most of the slaves were captured and sold to traders by other blacks Mm. in Africa. Mm -hmm. So that's another point. And then with with uh, Washington and 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 uh, Lincoln. I think uh, I think you pretty much uh, nailed down Washington because without him, I don't think we would have won the war either. Yeah, I, I, I think I that agree was with you. Uh, yeah, yep. that was uh, mm-hmm. he was a great leader, and he did mm-hmm. not want he really didn't want the office, and he felt no. that he was not a politician in that he thought. Service was something that was required of the well-to-do. Yeah. He thought everybody should take a turn at serving. Mm-hmm. And, and he would not uh, accept a retirement uh, pay. 
Yep. I think I think your so, point is is well made. Do you, have, do you have anything to add about Lincoln? Yeah. Lincoln was in a very tough spot. And, you know, I heard somebody say that uh, he, he wasn't wishy-washy. But in many ways, he was because he vacillated back and forth so many times from 19, from 1861 until 1865 on the Emancipation Proclamation. He wanted to do it, but the problem was there were so many people in the North that had slaves that if he did it, you know, at that the when the war was just getting started, he was afraid that too many northerners would turn against him and the South would, you know, win the war. And his primary objective was not freedom of the slaves, but rather keeping the nation united. And so he yeah. vacillated back and forth several times. There's a, a book that uh, in the first part of it that that covers some of that and it's called uh, Black Soldiers in Blue and it's mm -hmm. in Bard. And Very it, good. Uh, it, pr it pretty much nails what he was doing. And I agree with you on uh, somebody, well, I think all of you have agreed that that the holidays have been shifted to Mondays, and so mm -hmm. nobody pays any attention to what the holiday is. They just it's a three day weekend, and let's go. Yep. And you may recall or may not recall, they included Veterans Day in that originally, September, uh, uh, November eleventh. But organizations and people in several states wouldn't go along with that. And they observed it on the 11th, not on the third Monday. Interesting. And they eventually, uh, I think it was Gerald Ford that signed the legislation to put uh, Veterans Day back on the 11th. And it was one that was included in that group that put all of the others on Monday. So a lot uh, of opposition. Right. I think, I think there are some good reasons for putting um, Veterans Day on the 11th in that, in that what we were celebrating was the, was the, the end of, that was the date on which the first world war ended. And that's when the Veterans Day holiday was originally put together. So I, I think they, I think they were right to consider putting it back to the 11th. Thank you yeah. so much for your call, sir. Well, I just, just want to add on the same way on the presidents uh, mm -hmm. with Lincoln and Washington. Uh, you know, I'm old, older in dirt, so back in our <laughs> days, we put a lot of emphasis on those birthdays, and we, we did cutouts, yes. we did silhouettes, and we did all kinds yeah. of studies on, on Lincoln and and Washington and observed them on the day. Mm -hmm. And that gave, you know, really importance to the president that mm -hmm. we were honoring on that day. Big difference. Yep. 
I think you're right. And I think the other thing, the other thing that it did is it, it's, it got people thinking about what the expectations of the institution of the presidency ought to be. Um, if, if you're talking about qualities that, that we admire, um, it, it, it can sometimes help. Um, if, if we're able to compare whoever is president at the moment in terms of, how they're handling uh, as compared to Lincoln or Washington or whoever else we're celebrating. So I think your point's well taken, sir. Well, I agreed with you. I go by Doc, by the way. Thank and, you, Doc. And uh, I, I remember, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but as part of our history, when Bill Clinton was in the midst of his trials and tribulations, People said, oh, he's doing a good job. It doesn't make any difference what he does in his private time. And then there's a group of us who think character is important. And, and I think that's one of the things that we did admire in Washington and Lincoln, uh, the character that they had yeah. to put the nation above their individual beliefs and, and thinkings, a lot of character. Yep. Excellent. Thank you, sir. We very much appreciate your joining us and sharing your opinion. Thank you. You're more than welcome. That'd be Excellent. All right. So, um, I think we are to Valentine's Day. Is there anything else I'm forgetting about February, Mr. Bryan? No. Are we going to come back around to Black History Month, or are we done with that? No, we can. So let's talk about it a little bit, if you'd like to. Uh, I think no, just, I think I, it's I think important. It's a spectacular thing. A very, yeah. very important thing. It's so easy to get caught up in short-term solutions rather than acknowledging that change happens primarily incrementally. And this brings the subject of uh, racial equality back to the front burner for a month every year. And I think that matters a great deal, a great mm -hmm. deal. Um, you know, I still have some uh, you know, it's a combination of of personal history and uh, political opinion changes over time. Um, the word retribution, or it just just continues to. <clears throat> make me struggle to come up with a coherent opinion on the subject. You know, back, we were talking about the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, whole, whole 40 acres and a mule, remember that phrase? I do. Uh, it's a way to recompense um, those who were enslaved for what had already been done to them. And uh, another group, we 
call carpetbaggers, northerners, came down and bought those rights from a lot of former slaves mm-hmm. and became big-time landowners of their own. And that kind of took away from the reparation, to say the least. Um, and I'm also very, you know, although we talk about uh, Black History Month, uh, the people I admire the most who are involved in that acknowledge that this is an example. It's not the whole story, because we do have the problem of indigenous people as well. Um, and again, we as a nation did not treat them at all well. Um, and to try to create some variation of, of uh, compensating them, uh, their uh, current tribe members, uh, is a hard, hard, hard one to do to. It's it, it just staggering what it would take to redo, redress that wrong in the same way that it's in, incomprehensible what it would take to redress uh, the horror that was slavery. So do we have any think about that? Do we have any holidays that uh, that speak to Native Americans? There's an effort nationwide to change Columbus Day to uh, Native American Day or some variation of that term or phrase. And I would be in very much support of that. Yeah, I think I, I, I think most of us would be. Um, though, yeah. Um, there, there. I don't. I don't know. We'll have to. <clears throat> eventually, it probably won't be tonight, but some other night we'll have to ask. Um, Deanna was our kind of resident expert. Whether there is such a thing as Native American History Month, and, and if there isn't, whether there should be. And there, you know, our our country is so much a country of. Um disparate elements which which manage to come together to become much greater than the whole you know we have asian americans african americans chinese americans japanese americans um vietnamese americans and i'll i'll take my asian american away um but each of them each of them have brought character uh to to what this country is and and I'm not sure that we celebrate as much um, the, the the wide diversity that is the United States of America. Uh, I, I'm not sure how we do that um, un, unless we cease to work and celebrate every day. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I think but I think it really is important that we find some ways um, to focus <clears throat> on the positive cultural impact that every single one of these groups has had and we're and we we're not talking about the irish americans the german americans the jewish americans all of whom have have made tremendous contributions to our country 
but contributions that I don't think for virtually any of the groups get get recognized very much anymore. And I and I think that we as a country need to find some ways to um, to 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 make our diversity shine, if you like. Yeah, I think that we have to be careful when we do things that I want to memorialize the existence of turning points in my nation's history. Right. So the idea of what they call it, Juneteenth. Yes. When the last emancipated slaves were told they were emancipated, right? Yeah. Significantly farther down the line than the actual proclamation itself. Um, and, you know, I, the internment of, of Japanese citizens at the beginning of World War II, that should be noted in some fashion. So there are those pivotal moments that should be recognized on our calendar and, and um, not denied, but understood. But we also need to celebrate, like you said, the diversity that is this country. Uh, there are other countries that are patchworks of smaller entities. All of Italy was in Italy. It was a whole series of city-states. Uh, Germany, much the same. France, much the same. England, much the same. But now we think of those as individual united countries. But none of them, none of them, uh, were as ethnically diverse in their uh, processes or in their uh, makeup as is the U.S. of A. As I understand it. Yep. Yep. Uh, Larry or Desi. Larry or Desi, anything you want to add before we move on to Valentine's Day as our last discussion point? No, I think everything is... You you gentlemen have covered it well. Thank you. Uh, Valentine's Day. Um, Good, bad, or indifferent. I know Jean wanted to jump in and say something about Valentine's Day, so we'll wait for her to raise her little hand. Hope she's still around <clears throat> to make her contribution. There it she is. is still there here. she is. Ta-da. Tell us about your Valentine's Day thoughts, Miss Jean. You should she's still tapping. There you are. Am I on okay, I'm unmuted? Okay, yep. you are. There you um, are. Yep. I'm mostly indifferent because I'm single. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would have said that was exactly why you wouldn't be indifferent. Uh, well, I am indifferent because you know it's, it's just another day in my book for the yeah, most part. Yeah, but have you have you have you no desire to 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 kindle the relationship of your life, Miss Jean? Well, there, there, I used to. I remember one time I was about twenty, and I was very bummed because it was Valentine's Day, and you know. I didn't have a Valentine and I was living with this family. I was boarding with a family because I was at the uh, association for the blind going through some office training Mm -hmm. and the host, the, the the woman who took, who was our host, you know, whatever her son Mm -hmm. and daughter-in-law went out and they bought me this bottle of wine and it was (laughs) in the days of Boone's farm and, 
um, nice. strawberry hell, you know, cheap stuff that made you <laughs> deathly ill if you drank it all. So this, this stuff was called jug wine. It cost me like a dollar and seven cents. <laughs> and through the course of the evening, I drank the whole thing. <laughs> and um, I, I, I was not feeling very well the next morning. I do remember that. And she served us oatmeal with raisins in it for breakfast. And I had a real, yeah, I had a real hard time choking that down. <laughs> but the, my favorite Valentine's thing is, um, again, when we were on the board, and I don't know where the meeting was, I don't remember, but it was around Valentine's Day, and I had to go through the Pittsburgh airport. So to go back a little bit, when we were, the first time we went to Vegas, John Dashney, remember him? I do. Storyteller? Yes. He introduced <laughs> me to the Ethelem chocolate store which I don't know if you ever went there, but they had the best chocolate ever. And I went to the, went through the Pittsburgh airport and somehow I had found out that there was an FLM store there. So I went in the store and I don't know what else I bought, but they had these little bags of chocolate hearts for like seven bucks, which was pretty cheap for their stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I bought, I don't know how many bags I bought, but that was my Valentine present to myself because I loved their chocolate. And then we got the meeting and Gail was there and yep. she had these little cups, plastic cups, little mug things that she had filled with peanut butter cups and I don't know whatever else. And she was trying to sell them to everybody and telling all the men that they needed to take something home to their wives for Valentine's Day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought one because she was my friend and I figured I'd be nice, but I thought I have something yeah. so much better than this. Exactly. So, yes. And, yes. You know, and she wasn't sharing them either. No, she wasn't. So. No, I mean she didn't. She didn't offer us a single one of those special chocolates. No, she didn't. She no. never would. No way. Was I ever going? I wouldn't give any of those away. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so anyway, um, when I want something like that special for Valentine's, I have to go out and buy it myself. So that's the way it is. So, Jean, when when you were in school. Mm -hmm. um at i guess at batavia um was 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 valentine's day a big deal and was it a positive experience or not i don't remember that it, i don't remember anything about it in batavia to tell you the truth like i guess it wasn't <laughs> i guess not then uh, i guess not i do remember mm -hmm. all the, the valentine's parties when i went to public school you know when you're little kids yeah and, and and everybody brings each other valentines and you know you have your little party in school um, and but and of course, you, you got to bring one for every kid in the class. Oh, yes, yes. But I don't remember in Batavia um, anything special happening on that day. Very good. Thank you, Miss Jean. Okay. Have a good We night. appreciate it. Yeah. I think Miss Diane's there. Yes. Huh? Yes, she is. <laughs> Miss yeah, Diane. I was, I, I was in another. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. Okay. I was in another meeting and it kind of broke up early, I think. So I came back. Anyway, no, there, on Valentine's Day, it was not a big thing at our school. Um, you know, once you got into high school, I don't know how, I don't know how it was in the lower grades because I was in uh, public school most of that time. And I actually enjoyed Valentine's Day the most when I was in grade school, you know, because we all, exchanged valentines with our classmates and you know it was fun my mom you know always helped me write them out put them in the envelopes yeah. and everything and um you know when we got i remember one of the 
one of the guys in my class, um, his name was Lewis, and he stuck a sucker to my um, Valentine. And, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of, it, it was just cute, you know, it was, it was cute. Yeah. But yeah, it, at the School for the Blind, we didn't really um, celebrate it that much. And we don't, my husband and I have been married for 45 years, and um, we used to celebrate a lot more, you know, back in the day, although last year we did get um we did get some um food from you know through doordash and had a nice dinner on valentine's day nice um, nice nice and um you know some of those heart-shaped boxes of of candy the the, the they have like the velvet feeling yep, yep yep stuff on the hearts and those are really you know those are those are kind of fun to get they are fun yeah. to get. Usually the chocolate that's in them isn't very good. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but the heart is cute. Yeah. The heart is cute. Um Gail and I used to used to try to go out um most Valentine's days if we could. Um I think we 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 really we we really hated how crowded things were, but we also really actually enjoyed celebrating interestingly enough that that's actually the day that we moved in together in miami too was february 14th so it, it had a couple of significant components so it was sort of fun um, my, my birthday is the day after valentine's day so the 15th ah. you know, so i always i always kind of have like to have a double celebration <laughs> Ta -da. excellent yeah. miss yeah. diane thank you Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mr. Larry, any anything special about yes. Valentine's Day for you? This may take a couple minutes, but, but I I got married in two thousand. Yeah, have a nice nap. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretend you're watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Thank you so much for the sound Larry's. effects, Brian. <laughs> Those are phonal sound effects. But it yeah. still sounded like a snore. Doesn't matter how you do it. <laughs> yeah. So we got married in 2002. And before that, I thought this would be kind of fun because she was working. So was I, but I was working. Uh, I was off. And so I said, I am going to, with help, create a Valentine's dinner for her. And so uh -huh. my, the tenor in our barbershop quartet, his sister-in-law is still a chef. So I had her paid her come had her come over to the house in the afternoon and she made cornish gain hens rice Ooh. salad and uh something else and creme brulee for dessert and you actually heard oh the, the, the in the kitchen so oh along about five o'clock she's still doing this and john and the tenor and the bass and the quartet come over and of course, you can do a lot of things when when your wife is blind that you can't do if she's sighted, like yep. hide in plain sight. And so yes. they're so they're standing in the living room uh, and warming up, you know, a little bit. And then I said, "Okay, shh, shh, hang on, here she comes." And she gets off access, walks through the gate, and says, "There's somebody in my house." And I think it was because she smelled the Cornish gain hens, et cetera. But I said, I don't uh -huh. think so. No, there's nobody in the house. I would have told you if there was, <laughs> which was a lie. Uh, <laughs> and 
So she walked through the front door. She said, I know there's somebody in the house. I said, no, 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 it, it, it's, it's not happening. I lead her into the living room and, the, and, and I said, stand there. She said, okay. So I got into the quartet and we sang uh, a song to her, Happy Valentine's Day type song. Something else, I forgot now what it was. And then we had dinner. And and then creme brulee and a, I think it was a glass or a nice. bottle of wine. It was really cool. She talked about that for years to friends. And then after she passed away, I uh, got involved. Well, I was involved anyway with my church. And about two years later, we have a Bible study group. And, and it wasn't designed this way, but f- probably five or six, almost half of the people of the 10 to 12 that were there had lost their spouses. And they just gravitated to this group. And so one of the people who organized, uh, who, one of the people in the Bible study who, who was married, organized a special dinner for all of us, specifically because a lot of us didn't have our spouses around anymore. And that was one of the most touching things, I think, that I've ever been a part of. Yes. And I, so I, and we always celebrated some form of Valentine's Day. We went somewhere special, maybe that we didn't go before because it was pretty right. expensive, but we would go. Right. And we always made that vow that we would do that until it was not possible to do anymore because she just wasn't feeling up to it, et cetera. But we always celebrated Valentine's Day. I, I don't so much anymore. I, pro- I know I would if I was with somebody, but I'm not. So, yep. but it was, a, it's always a, it was a great holiday for me. And we never paid yep. attention to the commercial aspect of it at all. That's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. Mr. Brian, Valentine's Day. Uh, I have a strong memory of Valentine's Day as a young man, a very young man. Because when I opened my Valentine's in that grade school grade school thing and <laughs> not a one spelled my name correctly. Not <laughs> one person. And so I, I got the nickname Brain, even though I was kind of a D-minus student. <laughs> nonetheless, everybody wrote my name as Brain, Brain Charles. you are my Valentine. Yes, that's right. So there was that. Then uh, when Kim and I got together uh, from year one, I always get her flowers on Valentine's Day because it falls at different days of the week. And we have obligations of one kind or another mm-hmm. virtually every evening. Uh, we would only celebrate it together on the previous or next weekend to that date. And that faded over years. I should come as no surprise. am the romantic in our relationship. Never. Uh, Tim is the much more. Uh, what's the right word for it? Uh, um, She's the opposite. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> practical. Down, we down were talking to earth, about what pragmatic. to do for Valentine's yeah. Day this year, and her response was, "Who cares?" <laughs> okay. Well, that pretty much sums it up. So, for Valentine, she gets flowers and a nice card, and that's pretty much the celebration. Now, but I think, comes, but I think she'd be sad if she didn't get either. Oh, this is just the nature of. Of uh, yes, <laughs> the relationship generally, yes. you know. Oh, don't do anything. You better damn well do something. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's that. Uh, it's also an excuse to get candy. 
So uh, we get candy typically from our favorite candy store. It's a, a mail order situation. Oh, we nice. We love these candies uh, or chocolates and like that. So, you know, for me, I'm not too fond of the commercialization of the whole thing. I just went over to a Target store today and the store was filled with two things. Everything dealing with Easter, so bunnies and chickies and all that kind of stuff, and everything to do with Valentine's Day, and 101 ways to spend your money to do it. Uh, so, you know, not, not my favorite part of it. Did you mm-hmm. know that the Valentine's card came as a result of two ladies here from New England who uh, started by just doing kind of home-crafted cards and then turned that into small businesses and then became much bigger businesses and eventually one failed as a business and the other one stayed as a business for a long, long, long time. So we get to hear all about that at Valentine's time here in New England. The two ladies who battled it out over Valentine's cards. I don't think I knew that. So, so you do learn something every day. Miss Desi, Valentine's thoughts? Well, <clears throat> this is going to be um, a very poignant Valentine's Day for me. Um, my birthday actually is Friday. And, um, and of course, um, then two days after that, was our wedding anniversary on the 12th and then valentine's day and so for us it was always a huge celebration week um and we did lots of great stuff but um as some may know my husband passed away on the 31st of july of 2022 and this will be um the first anniversary of our wedding anniversary that i have spent completely without him and it would have been our 29th wedding anniversary so yeah there's a lot of poignance um with valentine's day for me this year but we always um we we didn't usually go out for valentine's day but we would always get things to make a really nice dinner at home and he liked to cook Two, so we would share the responsibility of cooking Valentine's Day dinner, and he always, always made sure I had flowers and usually candy, and you know, so it was just always a very nice celebration and kind of, kind of a nice ending to that like six day period between yeah my birthday and. And anniversary. our anniversary, and then Valentine's yep. Day, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's 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 actually pretty cool. And I think, I think maybe you guys got it right too, because it it wasn't it isn't so much where you go, as as how you reaffirm what you have by what you do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, Terry Pacheco. Pachico, sorry, uh, has raised her hand. You may should be able to talk now, Terry. 
Miss Terry. There we are. I just thought I'd tell you a little bit of a humorous, at least it is to me, uh, Valentine's, uh, one of my favorite Valentine's Days. Well, it took place in 1972. It was the first time, my, well, let me preface this. My mother's birthday was on Valentine's Day. Oh, dear. And so the first time I took Frank home to meet my family was on Valentine's Day that year. <laughs> and my mother, who was not the greatest bartender in the world, <laughs> asked him if he'd like a little Irish whiskey. She took out a pint glass <laughs> and put about two ice cubes in it and filled the rest of it with Jameson's. <laughs> I think he fell in love with me that night. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> I'm going to tag on your story there, Terry. A good friend of ours here, uh, Corey and Daisy, uh, had their first child about two, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And they named it Jameson. <laughs> Named a little boy Jameson. <laughs> they both are very fond of Jamesons. You see. I guess so. so. <laughs> could be worse. It could be named. I don't know. Jack. Jack Daniels. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So I. That name will always be significant for us. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty good. Um. We're so, getting close to the top of the hour now. We are. So, Miss Terry, uh, last oh, question for I'm you. I'm sorry. I just removed her permission to talk. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Take that. Take that, I did, Terry. <laughs> I, I, I thought we were, were ending, no. so very yeah, sorry. Yeah, we are. So next next Wednesday, next Tuesday on Tuesday Topics, next Wednesday we'll be having something else, but next <laughs> Tuesday on Tuesday Topics. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what we're going to do. Um, I, I I thought that if if we'd had lots of um, discussion on Valentine's Day, that we might explore some of the other questions that come up at Valentine's Day, like if you want to give a Valentine to someone, is that successful? If you if you want to uh, practice different dating approaches, is that appropriate? Um, but I'm not sure. So everybody needs to stay tuned tomorrow when an announcement of what's going to be happening on Tuesday topics next and week. And I did give Terry permission to talk. So if she did have some last thing to say, because I did not mean to cut her off. Virtually too late. So anyway, everybody, <laughs> except thank you so Frank much. Except, yep, Frank says he, except Frank says he fell in love with me before that night. That's <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for being with us tonight and celebrating February, and good night.